Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Welcome back, Threefold listeners. I hope you're having a great week. Got a very interesting, exciting episode for you today, something, uh, something a little different. Today, I want to talk to you about a book that everybody knows about, at least everyone interested in real estate investing uh, knows about. Some people call it the Bible of real estate investing. Some people call it the Little Purple Book. You might already know that I'm talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Holding it right here, if you can see it, if you're watching us. Um, so like so many others, this book was a game changer for me. Reading this book was like discovering a secret treasure or discovering a new invention. I mean, when I, what Robert Kiyosaki explains so well is that there is a totally different way to play the game of life, or more specifically, a different way to think about how you make and keep money. I couldn't believe that I had never been taught uh, this other way of thinking about money. And I was so anxious to get started down this new path once I read this book. I mean, I was all in. Uh, but that's not exactly what I want to talk to you about today. I actually want to talk to you about my wife's experience with the book. Um, and that's why you see this beautiful lady sitting beside me today. You see, when my wife Hannah read this book, she had almost the complete opposite uh, reaction to it. After reading this book, she said to me, I identify with the poor dad. So let that sink in. Um, obviously, I was stunned. Um, I told her, you're wrong. Um, you know, asked her to read it again. She did not. Um, so anyway, great introduction uh, for Hannah here. Uh, without further ado, let me bring in the most beautiful guest I've ever had on this show. Uh, right here, Hannah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank um, you. Hello there. Hello. Well, let's let's just jump right in. You read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and you identified with the Poor Dad. I did. How? Why? <laughs> Well, I would love to get into it, um, but before we do, can we take just a few steps back and give your listeners a little bit more context about sure. how this all even started? This is your show. I'm all right. just all right. part of it. All right. So what was it? Four years ago, you were working full-time, practicing with your doctorate in physical therapy. Right. There was no mention of anything real estate, anything entrepreneurial, nothing like that. And then this little purple book came along and kind of changed everything. Um, yeah, we didn't know about it. To the point of you wanting to pursue real estate, quit your job. To say that I was shocked and overwhelmed would be a slight understatement mm -hmm. um, yeah. for that time. But so you had me go ahead and read the book, and which I did. And I think both of us were excited that maybe this would um, you know, turn on some kind of light bulb in me to understand you a little bit better. Right. So I read it. Um, it did not. And so I read it and it was more or less, okay, I respect that, but no thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't because I was clueless on it or, or that I felt like the content of it was um, illogical or frivolous. It, it was just honestly, I could seamlessly relate to um, the poor dad. I could fit into his shoes so easily. And 
And I give that, I give that a few reasons. Um, number one being just my wiring. I have nature and nurture kind of on my side on this. I am extremely risk averse. Uh, for me, it's all about security, all about, um, safe. I am good with living a safe, secure, predictable, knowing how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, just a predictable life. And I think another reason being, we heard once, um, when you invest, you you invest either to sleep well or eat well. And for me, I just want to sleep well. Yes. And Um, I don't. So we differ in that. We differ in that. But it was just, it was never about the numbers for me. And it's just, it's always been about uh, just the, the security. And, and that obviously has become a bit of an idol over the years. But that's kind of where all of this kind of came about. And then lastly, when you had me read the book, um, obviously the Rich Dad Poor Dad whole idea is very future oriented. And mm-hmm. where for me at the time, we just had little kids and I was just trying to survive the day. Um, so the capacity right. to dream to um, think big picture. Uh, for me, it, I d- didn't have the capacity or, or really the time to go there and yeah. to change my entire perspective on life and not live in the safety of the predictable. All of that being said, so that's kind of where I came from with it. But I think uh, to, to continue on with the story, um, our differing reactions in this have def- it's definitely permeated our entire story um, altogether. And, um, but it's also revealed this huge illustration for us about how God has used real estate to help us to understand ourselves better, but then also um, to further our marriage in ways that that he's had planned. To challenge both of us, to refine both of us, to refine our marriage and and make us stronger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, we were living the poor dad lifestyle um, and and doing okay at it. But um, once you hear about a different way, if you're oriented like I am, there's kind of no going back. I got hooked. I was all in on Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I uh, read that book and thought, okay, to me, I'm always the best case scenario guy, um, you know, like a, a dreamer. And I thought, okay, so what Rich Dad, Poor Dad explained to me and what real estate investing is going to be, I was confident. It's like, it's going to be this job that's challenging and fulfilling, which home health, physical therapy was not. But it was also going to be a job that we could control because we'd be entrepreneurs, we'd be doing ourselves, we'd be our own boss. So we can work really hard when it makes sense for us, but we could also not be consumed by it and be home when we need to be home, unlike climbing the corporate ladder, which was a fulfilling, exciting job, but we couldn't really control and have the home life that we wanted. So that's why I just felt like we had to go for it. It was just like the best life possible. Let's go for it. So I did kind of force us into our first investment. Slightly. We bought a single family house to flip on an online auction. Um, I think right out of the gate, I told you my limit was, I, I don't know what I said, like maybe I said 60 and we bought it for 70, mm-hmm. something along those lines, or I said yeah. 70, and we bought it for 80. Yep. So stretched you a little bit there, went over, um, yep. you know, first time I think you the property, what was your, um, it was, experience? it was straight out of a horror movie. Yeah. The, there was padlocks on a majority of the doors, urine soaked floors yeah I mean, the master bedroom soggy floors and at this point we didn't know what the urine was from we didn't know <laughs> those animal urine well i mean we yeah no no clue. assume it's an animal no clue mold everywhere a flooded basement yep. and not flooded because the sump pump just went out but that was part of it but because the entire foundation was Correct. was cracked yes so it was it was a horrible home 
it was a good flippers would never have bought this house to flip it. Right. Uh, that's why we got it. Right. So we pushed our way into it. Um, you know, with you kicking and screaming a little bit and me just like, <laughs> I, I just can't wait any longer. And so I had left my corporate job. I guess we didn't set that up. I did leave my corporate job um, and went back to doing home health mm-hmm. physical therapy in order to allow myself and us the flexibility and freedom to start real estate as a side hustle. Right. Which is part of the reason how you <clears throat> told me to get this flip. Yes. Was because real estate was supposed to just provide this oh, yeah. immense flexibility, freedom. freedom, freedom. However, this first flip. That was not the case. No. So the problem with a flip is it's not investing. It is a job. Now it is real estate. So we did learn a lot. I don't, I think, you know, looking back at our path, I don't think we, we wouldn't say we regret it. It's it's funny to talk about it. it was horrible. We, it's one of those. I've heard a lot of people say this. That we would say the same. Like we would never do that deal again. But we would never have gotten started if we didn't. So we're we're glad we did that deal. But you know, toward the end with the flip, you want to have your your house on the market in sales season, which is spring, right? April first, May first, sometime in there. You want your house up and ready. I mean, nowadays you can sell at any time because um, it's you know such a hot market. But you're going to do best in, in the spring. So. Toward the end, we really had to buckle down and I had to be out there every night, sometimes in the mornings. I mean, because I'm still working full time. It's not a demanding job, but I'm still working full time. We were out there on weekends. I was pulling family members out to help with me. And so those last three months, especially, really felt like being back at the corporate job. I mean, it was it was really no different. It was just a different job, just as demanding times to me and probably a little extra stress because we had a lot of money out on this right. and having no idea whether or not we're going to get it back, right. whether we're going to make any money. I think one kind of unique thing, maybe this is like a God wink a little bit, but we ended up selling it and doing well financially. And we made just as much, uh, we made the same amount as, as my pay cut from leaving my corporate job. So I literally left the corporate job, took uh, like a $30,000 pay cut and then made that on this first flip. So there was no benefit financially. Now, we're, again, we're still started down the path. So if you have an opportunity, I, I wouldn't talk anybody out of doing that because by the end of that year, you know, yes, it, it, we were not, we didn't own any investments, you know, once we sold that and everything, but still we had gotten into real estate. We got started. We, but we did, you wanted but some changes. Y- yeah. You had convinced me truly that this is the better route right. than, uh, than what you were doing in, in corporate America. But even through all of that, you know, God was very much revealing to me that I needed to continue to cheer you on. Um, I needed to continue to have, me and the kids be, you know, your biggest cheerleaders through it. All of that being said, I still wanted to be one and done after this yeah, because I was not at all. Convinced. Well, I know uh, my goal, I kept telling people this, my goal is, was to prove to you that real estate will make us money because, you know, for you, you thought like, we're just going to lose money at real estate. Right. Um, Cause there's no, no one's paying us a paycheck. So we're going to put money out there. It's not going to come back and we're going to lose money. So I wanted to prove to you that real estate makes money and that, Real estate provides us the time freedom that we're looking for, the right. life we want, and so we only accomplished one of those goals. We did make, you know, made good money. That it was, it was very financially more successful than either of us thought. Actually, uh, the market was good. You know, it really helped, um, and we did a lot of work ourselves. So we did well financially, but I really proved to you the opposite that real estate is just as time consuming as a time consuming corporate job, and it does not provide you, us with the life that we want. So only got halfway there. Um, but again, I'm, I'm still just plowing ahead. You know, we're not going to look at one mistake as, as the referendum on all of real estate, just yeah. we need to go a different route. So after that, we got into a duplex and that was just the next year. And I think 
Um, I guess what I would go ahead and say, you know, you kind of spoke your piece about what you felt like God was talking to you about. I wanted to move so much faster. I mean, the second we were done with the flip, I remember you kind of being like, we need a break. Yeah. I need to breathe for a while. So I think you. And I was like, we need like, we need another one as soon as possible. Well, yeah, I think I remember you saying, yeah, we need to be year off. We need to be year off. Oh, I might have said that. I think I got three months. Yeah, we you know we ended up selling in May or whatever, <laughs> May June, and, and then it was until August. So right. <laughs> so the duplex. Then we got the duplex. Uh, same thing. Uh, county auction this time, not an online auction, but county auction. Uh, had to use cash again. We had our home equity and our credit, and then we made some money off the flip that we used. Um, you want to keep doing that. You want to snowball if you're trying to get this going. Uh, so we were able to do that. We got the the duplex. Um, very different experience because now we had some good contacts. We knew a little bit of what we were doing. We bought this one very well. We had more of a cushion, a little bit more confidence. So we hired out more of the work. Yeah. We did less of the work ourselves. It went much easier. And then we started running it out. And what we really saw with that one is this is investing. When you own a property and the income coming in from your residence, when it's more than all of your payments, then that's investing. That's that's making money. That's passive income. You know, we were managing it, so it's not passive, but we weren't doing very much because we flipped the whole thing. Everything was new and and our residents were great. And so we, we got a picture there of like, this is what I was selling you on. It's was like, owning rentals. Right. That's that's very, very true. But the two stories that come to mind for me when I think about the duplex, one being fleas. Um, yeah, I nice. have never seen that many fleas in my entire, you came out and your socks were covered in these black specks that you kept telling me were gnats. Yeah. They were nuts at all. I had never seen fleas like that. Fleas everywhere. <clears throat> everywhere. It was rough. We remember things a little differently. We, we just do. remember different highlights. We really do. That was amazing. A, uh, amazing <laughs> the rest of it went pretty well. Uh, <laughs> but we were definitely on our way as far as like, okay, this is investing. Yes. Um, and, and just a little bit of like you being like, okay, this is a little bit better. Um, yeah. It's better than better than flipping. Um, the problem with me is, and being all in on, on Rich Dad and, and being all in on investing, is that I would never want to just probably do the same thing over again. So once we did a duplex, I didn't really have an, an interest in doing duplex again. Because the whole time I'm listening to podcasts, reading, I soak this stuff up. I love this. I'm driving around for my job. So I have tons of time to listen to podcasts. And I'm hearing all these guys and girls that are, you know, 10 steps ahead of me say, like, you got to go bigger. You got to go bigger, go bigger, faster. Get bigger apartments, you know, economies of scale. So I just want to go bigger. So let's not do another duplex. Um, let's do a 16 unit. If right. we can one. Why not? I, 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 I remember saying along the way, okay, I'm, I'm good with a flip. Like I can do another flip. Well, babe, I'm going to, let, let's not do another flip. Let's do a du- Let's do a duplex. Okay. Okay. So then I get good at the duplex thing. Well, let's, let's move up. Like, let's get like a 16 unit. And then Real that's literally been the go big or go home. And it's the odor way. Well, yeah, it, it's the way for a lot of people that, that really get hooked on uh, real estate as an, as an investment yes. and, and, and see the, see the benefits of it. So we are starting to see it. And so it's like, if a duplex is good, a 16 unit has got to be eight times better than that. <laughs> Right. So let's, let's jump into that. And, and you know, we don't find it on LoopNet. Um, it's a great, it can be a great way for people to get started. People say that's where deals go to die. And so for me, as somebody that has no track record and brokers aren't going to take seriously, then I might as well go for the deals that are dead. And so we found a 16 unit and um, it was an old schoolhouse, um, really run down. Roof was leaking. It was, mm-hmm. you know, smelled like pet urine again. Uh, it's a common theme. 
uh, and the, the hallways. I mean, you know, still had a cafeteria. Someone had converted it into a nursing home, then somebody else converted it into apartments. So it was it was already converted to apartments and done pretty well, but just the current owners had just really let it go. So um, that was another big step. And it was, uh, you know, really just kind of took the summer off. And then, you know, we, we jumped into that. Um, I did have a mentor that, that kind of helped. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we jumped into that. And then, you know, again, the, the theme of just me just wanting to run fast and Hannah wanting to be more pragmatic and controlled and wise. Um, the funny story is like, you know, yeah, buying a 16 unit was like way more than, than the, the jump that, that you wanted to take. And so I was really pushing you. Um, but if that wasn't enough, the day we were closing on the 16 unit and we were out, you know, we went to a Mexican restaurant with the kids and your parents to celebrate because they were investing with us. Yeah. We go to celebrate and my a buddy of mine from church called and I, you know, he had he had known what we were doing. He wanted to get in on it and he found an eight unit. And I just knew right away it was a great price. And he knew the 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 realtor that was selling it. Um, and so I said, we need to make a full price offer right now. And so I come to you on the day that we're closing on the 16 unit, like, hey, since you're all comfy with the 16, right. unit, let's just get an eight eight unit. No problem. No problem at all. And then we got the 10 unit a month and a half later, two right. months later. Yeah. We really started going. And, you know, so that's an example of me um, probably not honoring you very well and, and pushing forward and, and more something more akin to like dragging you uh, <laughs> through real estate investing. I, as I've always been that way, um, there's a lot, you know, we, I think we really try to go back and forth because when I pray and when I really listen to the Lord, he's telling me to honor you and what I've really learned through this is a lot of times you end up moving faster by moving slower. You go farther faster by taking less steps, but taking some bigger steps. Cause like you, you know, like we've mentioned a couple of times when we were doing the flip, I wanted to get a couple of flips going. As soon as we we're done the flip, I want to do another flip. But since you said, no, 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 that was not good. Let's, let's take a break. Let's, right. and we, we had said we'd take a year and it ended up only being three months, but during those three months, I tend to reflect and, and, and pray about it and seek God's wisdom uh, for us and, and, and seek the wisdom of others that have done it. So because, you know, you really helped to slow us down. If anything, instead of doing another flip, we did a duplex. It slowed your mentality down a little bit. Where yeah. for you, it's just constant. It's next step, next step, next step. And I feel like you were able to slow down a little bit and we were able to discuss it a little bit more and uh, yeah. a little bit slower. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, what is, what is the true next step that we should take rather than let's just jump in? Um, right. And, and that's what people, it's really hard to do that when you're in it, when you're in the business and when you're trying to run as fast as I'm trying to run, you just, you get in the business and you don't step back and look and work on the business. And that's what you always allow me to do is like, step back. Do we really want to flip? Because that wasn't fun. Right. And that's not investing. This right. isn't what you sold me on. And, and it takes somebody forcing me to slow down to say, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. That's not, so let's, let's get into a duplex. And then even with the duplex, it's like, okay, well, like, Let's slow down. Let's think about this. What are our goals? Oh, our goal is to replace my income. We're going to need 20 duplexes to do that. Right. Do we want to do 20 more duplexes? No. So let's let's do a 16. Right. And then eight to 10. So it's been really neat how God has, has worked that out for us uh, all, all along the way. Um, well, yeah. at the same time, he's revealed a lot to me and just what I have made idols over the years. And that's the security and money and my uh, desire to control it and also to control you 
And, and also just my fear of failure. Um, you know, a quote from Rich Dad Porta that Robert Kiyosaki says is failure inspires winners and failure defeats losers. And although that's extremely harsh. Um, he is harsh. <laughs> a tad. But I, I feel like that is so true. And you've taught me a lot about, um, about failing. And you always use a sports analogy, which you're, you explain it the best. But I feel like it really did bring some light to it for me where I felt like I was so scared to fail. Yeah, like probably even as early as doing a flip. You know, while we're in the middle of the flip, something would go terribly wrong. Oh, and I'd go to a 10 with it. Yeah, and for you, it was like, well, we lost. Yep, we lost. game over, game over. And for me, you know, I'm a football fanatic. I'm like, no, 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 we just threw an interception. It's, it's not good. Interceptions aren't good. It's bad. Uh, we may be on our way to losing after throwing this interception. I mean, with the flip, we probably threw five or six uh, in, in the game. But the game's not over. So quit acting like we've lost. You know, don't defeat us yet. We just threw an interception. Let's get on defense and, and not give up a score here yeah. and get the ball back and, and keep going. And, and so, yeah, there, I think um, we, we've learned from each other. I mean, um, when you go too fast, you not only make mistakes, but um, I've just learned a lot from you. And uh, there's others that, that, that say it well in like books and stuff. Um, like the one thing is one of my favorite books. And it just talks about not just being efficient, but being effective. And so not just doing as much as you can, but are you doing the right things? And that's what you always bring me back to. So I think that kind of brings us up to, to this year um, because we got those three, three small multifamilies, uh, the 16 unit, the eight unit, and the 10 unit all at the end of uh, 2019 and really took the whole year repositioning those. And that took us into to COVID year of, of 2020. Mm-hmm. You weren't working because COVID shut down your unit because it was an elective um, unit, elective type unit. So you were shut down. You decided to stay home because we had decided regardless of COVID, we were going to homeschool our kids. Um, and I was moving to, I wanted to quit my job. So we kind of spent that whole year. So that kind of brought us full circle. Then we did end up selling a couple of these multifamilies because the market, you know, did so well for us. And we were able to take out a bunch of equity and, and, build up what I felt like was a very comfortable cushion to allow me to quit my job as well and for us to have no job and, and no real set income. But now to pursue real estate full-time, all in, I was so excited. Couldn't hardly wait. Coming in the beginning of 2021, I feel like you really felt like you were starting to have kind of a heart change a little bit and, and kind of the culmination of God working through this to, to bring you about yeah. to a different vision for it. Yeah, I think that that comes back to like, what have I learned from being married to a rich dad, you know, or that kind of perspective. And and God has revealed some serious sin tendencies within me, including my, most of all, my lack of trust in him and his purpose um, in the process, especially, and he's used real estate for that and use you as an instrument in that too. But there's also something to the fact that it is, it is absolutely amazing when you see your spouse thriving in their God-given talents and abilities. And I never saw that really in PT. Um, You know, you're a positive person, you do great, and you're a wonderful physical therapist. But it hasn't been until, you know, you've jumped into this, um, that you felt like God was leading you to in this journey that, that our family was supposed to go on, that I really have seen you thrive and just lean into it. And it's a really cool thing to see. Um, Like, I had no clue that you were so good with numbers. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, I, mean, it's, it's I thought I was just really slow with numbers, and then, wow! But no, really incredible. Um, and then I would say January, 
was pretty, uh, so about a year ago, um, yeah. was pretty much the big turning point for me. And this was right after you and I had discussed kind of what our big picture future goals were, you know, with flexibility and our family culture and yeah, and so many of things. And we did. We completely agreed on all right. of that. We always agreed on that. Right. It was just more or less the journey to get there. And um, and so back to the analogy where, you know, there's this sailboat and you're there and you're, you know, on the boat and you're heading, you know, into the horizon and the horizon being our goals. And I'm just still on shore, you know, holding the rope, heels dug in mm-hmm. and just trying to hold the boat back because of my fears and because of my lack of trust and my uh, desire to control everything. Um and so I just felt like God was finally telling me, you know, Hannah, just jump on the boat. Just get on the boat. Who knows where you're going to end up? And yeah, so I feel like that was my big kind of epiphany moment that, that he allowed me to see um, through that. And he used, he used you um, in that. And then learning so much about failure for me was a, he was a huge part um, that you've taught me. And, um, and just the fact that I want our kids to be raised in an atmosphere of failure is okay and, and mistakes are okay. And, and I want them to live life to the fullest. And, and so if I want that for that, for them, why wouldn't I, you know, live that for myself? Also, I've learned that um, feelings can ride, but they can't drive. I can't let my feelings, you know, about the situation control how I respond. Like the fear um, of it. Right. Absolutely. Like I got to know the why behind my feelings. And that way, that'll allow me to maintain better control of my actions and just my reactions to um, the things that, you know, life brings. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really good stuff. I mean, I, I had plenty to learn as well. And like you said, we, we had the same vision the whole time um, and, and really felt like years before, I think we both did feel like uh, this was the path God had us on. It was just, it's just very scary. Uh, one thing you kind of said there that I think is so important is that we were really talking the whole time. And, and we did that better the second half of the journey than we right. did the first half because I didn't really want to talk to you about it because I knew you weren't into it and I knew you wouldn't be excited about it. And I knew it would be like kind of negative emotions coming from you. So it's like, why would you want to talk to that person? But that that's not how it should go. And, and what was so cool, like the epiphany for me at the beginning of this year, we really hadn't done that many deals um, compared to like what I really wanted to do. And it didn't seem like we were ever moving that fast compared to some other people that I was, you know, watching and being jealous about or whatever. But we had far, still far exceeded my expectations of how far we came and how fast. What would you say, like, I guess just looking back, um, you know, now, now we're, we're, we're syndicating um, and we've gotten three this year and it's, it's been a good year and we've kind of hit the stride and now you're really working with me. Again, even though you're not wired like that, you're never going to be like, yeah, I, I just identify with the, the rich dad, but you are kind of more living that lifestyle. And even said like, that's kind of the way we want our kids to, to be raised as well. I guess what advice would you give for somebody like yourself who does not identify with the rich dad, but is married to a rich dad? Well, and I think you can speak into this too, just how we've done sure. it as a couple, because I, it does, it does take you both working towards, towards that right. one goal um, of, of just understanding each other. But I, I do think one tool that we've used that kind of came about mid part of our story, I guess, was the Enneagram. Yeah, for sure. And that's more of a tool. Uh, it's kind of like all of those, you know, personality tests kind of things. But right. this one kind of more, more or less uh, reveals kind of your motivations for the decisions that you make. And so that was, that helped us just to better understand ourselves, but then also understand each other because knowing that he is the type 
seven or whatever that he is, you know, he sees life big and he wants to experience life and sees the positive in a lot. And then knowing, you know, my tendency, which is more of the kind of anxious bunny type, that's very worst case scenario, you know, but understanding that about each other allowed us just to give each other a little bit more grace in it. And then also just trusting the process and God's purpose in it. And we have a very slow God. He works slowly. And and he does that on purpose because that's where I think true transformation comes in. And and so just trusting the process through that and every step of the way. For me also, um, I would say manage your expectations. You know, I heard a quote, um, expectations are merely premeditated resentments. And that is so true. Talk about those expectations a lot. Communicate them before they build up. Laying bricks on that wall that, you know, once that wall is built, it's hard to come down. So uh, definitely communicate it a lot, just what your needs are. Give gratitude any chance you get. I think this is about the time that I started that uh, gratitude mm-hmm. journal where we were just having a rough season in the midst of all of this. And I was not thankful for anything. And it was really hard for me to speak it mm-hmm. because of just the built up resentments and things that I had in just regards to what we were doing Yeah, and kind of the life that you were leading us on. I made myself write them down to you, even if it was just, making my coffee that morning or folding the laundry or just the little things that I could be grateful for that would kind of boost you up where I just had trouble vocalizing them um, in the seasonal life that we were in. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, just speaking to some of the things, you know, great stuff that you brought up, managing expectations. I mean, I always wanted to give you like these awesome expectations because I wanted you to think real estate was going to be awesome. And no one doesn't end up that way. It just, well, why is she going to believe me? Because I keep telling her it's going to be this way and it's not Right. versus Hey, here's how it's going to be. And it, it was. The, and I think the key for me, like the advice I would give, um, and you were always saying this, but it's just so much easier to say, like, we have to talk about it. You, you've always said like, Hey, even though I'm not really on board, like I'm not excited about this and it's, I'm probably not the person you want to talk to about this um, because I may have negative reactions. Like we need to talk about this. Right. And we've always said, and, and really, you know, you, you have been the, the wise one in this way. It's like, if we're not in this together, to some degree, it's going to end up being a wedge between us. And there's times it was. Well, and you will go find someone else to talk to about it. You want to be your spouse's biggest cheerleader and you want to have this dynamic where there's just so much open communication. You guys are cheering each other on and you're on each other's side. So don't put a wedge there, you know, where there is any kind of division, you know, whatsoever. And this would have been a huge one for us if we allowed it together. Yeah, because I think what I've said to people, you know, we've kind of tried to coach some people. If you both agree, especially if you're Christ followers like us, and, and we agree that, hey, this is the path God has us on. But you set those expectations and realizing you're like, it's not going to be easy. We have young kids. Real estate takes a long time to get started. Like real estate's slow in the beginning. Unless you get really lucky, find the market perfectly, it's going to be slow getting started. And it's going to be hard. You're not going to see that much success. But if you agree that this is where God has you, this is the past God that has you on, and and you talk about it and get on the same page, when things are hard, you like you console each other in that. It was much harder to do that early on because we were farther apart. So the more we talked about it, I I think that's the key. And just, I mean, you brought up the Enneagram. It is so powerful, something like that, um, to understand that your spouse is wired differently. Like it just... It wasn't fair for, it's not, wasn't then, it's not fair for me now to expect you to have the same reaction to risk because real estate and going on your own entrepreneurship, it is risky. There's way more reward in my opinion, but with more reward usually comes higher risk and that's what it is. And so just understanding that you're just not wired that way. And, And then what we believe 
as Christ followers, is that God put us together for a, for that like for a reason. So He knew we were so different, and yet still decided to put us together. And I think we're starting to see that even you know there's so much more to it than just real estate. But even in our real estate journey, I think God had a plan for us oh, to be different. Absolutely, He's used it as a tool. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah, and I think that that's you know kind of the the last part of it is just encouragement that there there is hope in it with whether you're on the rich dad side, the poor dad side, you're married to the opposite. Um, there's there's 100 hope, and I think a huge encouragement towards more of the rich dad type is the quote trust equals time plus believable behavior. If you want that other that spouse, you know, to to trust you in the process. And for me, that was that was what it had to come down to. I had to learn how to trust God in it. But I, I also had to find that trust in Lee and what he was pursuing. And I think um, in in performing that believable behavior over time and and truly giving them the believable behavior that they need along with the time, um, I think there absolutely is hope that, you know, they, they'll come around and, and see kind of your side of things, but they, they do need those two things along the ride. But then also yeah. talk about your dreams. You're probably more on the same page than what you think, especially in like the big picture of things. And it's just the journey itself that maybe just getting to that, those big picture ideas or dreams or family culture or whatever it is that you guys have, that you're probably there on the same page. It's just, it's just a matter of the journey to getting there. And there's purpose in that too, and, and learning each other. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Now, we always like to do a retreat at the beginning of the year and saying, Hey, where are we at? Where do we want to be? And, and how are we going to get there? And if you, you know, if one of you just leaves so strongly that it's real estate, I mean, you know, hopefully you have a spouse like Hannah that, that wants to see you thrive and, and it's going to potentially, I mean, not every time, but potentially be, you know, led by, by God to, to trust you in that and, and to maybe follow you for a season in that. And what I would say, you know, if, if you're like me and you're all in, but you're married to somebody that's not, and somebody that I didn't have some I believe that God put you with that person for a reason. And it's going to be something, you know, really beautiful. And if I was married to someone that was like, yeah, you know, I read, like we read Richard Porter at the same time and they were all in, like we would have just flipped and gone crazy and we would have made some money, but we would have owned nothing. I'm officially the stick in the mud. At, at times. That's <laughs> one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is the, the voice of reason. Um, God is not going to allow um, your wife, who he created to be that way, your wife or husband, keep you from reaching these goals that, that you feel like he's going to have you reach, right? I mean, yeah. he's not going to put you with you and, yeah, and, and then not let us reach the goals. And, and so, and that's exactly how it's played out. Right. Yeah. So there, if you are married to somebody uh, that does not, um, you know, that failed to reach that poor dad test and pick uh, the poor dad, there's still hope. Um, that's been our experience. And uh, yeah, honestly, God has taught us so much. He's refined us and, uh, you know, just showed us that it, it's it's not about us. It's not up to us. We're not going to do it on our own strength, um, but it, he's going to do something really cool. And that's what he's done for us. So it's not, you know, it hasn't been easy. I hope we've we've made that clear, uh, but it, it's, it's possible um, all things are possible through Christ. And it's, it's been uh, really cool. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. I'd like to have uh, Hannah back on a, a, again sometime. We'll, we'll talk through some we'll other, other issues and, and all that and, and dive even deeper into our uh, messy lives. Um, but yeah, until next time, uh, this may come out around Christmas. Hope you have, have a good Christmas or you had a good Christmas and uh, New Year and all that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. God bless. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. 
I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.